Wagwan everyone. This is Choreographed Reality, and I'm your host Alvin Arthur. I'll be here sharing questions and knowledge revolving around embodiment, e-learning, education, creativity, expanded reality design, human-computer interaction, dance, choreography, movement, programming, digital gamification, and community building. I relate all these fields with one another, and I would like to welcome you to make a move with me. This is a reading. You can find in the description the link to my Medium article to read along. Choreograph reality number one. We move, therefore we learn. A great amount of schools nowadays are stressing the importance for their learners to develop social and cultural abilities. The general idea is to enable each and every child to connect with and understand other children that present different habits and ways of being due to their cultural background, so later on in life, these same children can be empathic adults regardless of their path, their career, or the communities they belong to. There are many ways to facilitate the growth of such abilities. Though, if we agree on the aim of truly connecting and bonding with people between cultures, it requires a level of vulnerability that intellect can't solely achieve. On a global scale, even though we witness daily our presidents, chancellors, kings and queens speak and shake hands, still nations fight, fueled by the misunderstanding of one another. Zooming in, this might be a scale representation of what happens in our neighborhoods and our schools, especially in this day and age of intensive human migration. Education plays a central role in this situation, and so does schooling. Dance and movement present assets that can creatively facilitate social and cultural bond. And let's be clear, I'm not here talking about Theresa Maying any dance heritage. I'm inquiring a situation that leads me to wonder, what are valuable assets of dance and movement regarding the development of sociocultural understanding in early education? A brief Caribbean perspective on schooling. Growing up in Guadeloupe, a Caribbean island linked to a European context, I was often exposed to paradoxes and dualities that were not explained at school for the most part. The richness of cultural and socio-economic backgrounds I experienced from a young age slowly made me internalize a felt yet undefined notion of empathy. Though, once stepping into the classroom, it seemed as if this richness was merely present. A year after another, I often wondered why my classmate and I spent such short time on expressive education why the subjects we learned were not linked between them, why we were not learning about our land, why we were sitting all day, why I was required to read the specific books that were in the yearly programs until I reached the philosophy subject in high school. Philosophy helped me formalize my views on the world I inhabit. Still, one sentence kept making me tick. Cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore I am. I could conceptually understand the idea of it, but couldn't resonate with it. Although very popular, this idea was not encapsulating my lived experience. It took me years in art and design education to understand I'm a kinesthetic learner and that I am the most myself when I move. I believe it is very much linked to my cultural background. Prior to this realization, it was all intuition. After it became embodied knowledge and ever-growing self-understanding. As I meet people of different age, from various cultures and interests facing similar identification challenges with education, it enables me to define in which ways modern and contemporary schooling are not built for me or us kinesthetic learners. 
deprogramming a general idea of dance modernity carries. In August 2019, during the Dutch Design Week in Eindhoven, Netherlands, I took part in the exhibition entitled The Object is Absent at Mu Uquid Art House, welcoming about 24,000 people to experience interactive and performative works. It now sounds just like a pre-COVID treat, doesn't it? Through launching the project We Link in Motion, I have spent nine days inviting people from all over the world to move dance in a passing spot of the exhibition. I haven't specifically counted, but I've definitely made a great amount of people move dance in order to connect more than I could expect in a space and context that is not primarily designed for it. Still, when observed in proportion to the total amount of visitors, the number of visitors that actually danced is fairly low. As entertaining as it has been, I've been observing many patterns in how people behave. Some observations I shared on my Instagram, product of an open-ended inquiry considering the many changing factors and conditions in this ephemeral social-cultural context of Dutch Design Week. After all, I've got to say people are funny when they try not to dance at all costs. It appears, even in a dedicated context of performance where engagement is encouraged and facilitated, the aware audience is paralyzed by the concept of dancing. I think, therefore I hide. I sense that it comes from an underlying fear of the unknown yet familiar body. As choreographer and researcher Lena Blue puts it, because too often we tend to close off then in its primary form, an artistic object made just to please our eyes and senses. Dance, when a body dances within society, it is an intelligible language to tell out loud the inaudible voice of a people's hidden forces. Becoming attuned to decoding unspeakable dynamics. As much on a societal scale than on a personal one, countless artists and scientists agree to the benefit of dancing as a frequent habit. Not only it maintains one's self-awareness, but it does give tools for engaging with the other. If we aim at bringing empathy to the forefront of education, especially in early education, dance and movement deserve more attention within the curricula and learning processes we design as much as subjects than methods to learn. Through the universal art form of dance, we are given a vehicle through which we can uncover the dynamics and complexity of another culture, instead of making judgments based on what we perceive, says writer and dancer Logan Cross. Dance can take the form of a powerful toolset to connect with a culture since embodiment, mind and body synchronously experiencing the world, provides with a direct felt experience that mental concepts alone are not meant to reach. Dance blurs the line between kinesthetic and interpersonal intelligences where body, mind, and empathy, emotional sensing, are synchronized through movement. That being said, in the sociocultural context, the intention for which we connect prevails. Dance is the mean to do so. Dance fuels the expressive layer of intercorporeal memory, the memory that internalizes the communication happening between bodies. As philosopher and psychiatrist Thomas Fuchs highlights it, as soon as we have contact with another person, our bodies interact and understand each other even though we cannot say exactly how it is brought about. Yes, this implicit relational knowing shapes our embodied personality, and the good news is, training it can spark creativity, which essentially is the most valuable asset in an automatizing world. 
schooling for digitally emerging communities and cultures. Digitally meaning both physically and digitally. As both learning and education can be digitized and massively accessible, I believe it is a matter of time before early on-site schooling becomes a parental choice and not a legal requirement for many countries. 10 years, 20 years from now, who knows, but in the near future, in schooling's evolution timeline. Nothing new under the sun, schooling needs to reinvent itself. Now, since the digitization of knowledge is such a quick and iterative process, the pace in which it evolves and reinvents itself is a tremendous challenge for school leaders and educators to keep up with in order to redesign their curricula. Schools do not want to approach this process as a race, else it would be lost in advance. Rather, it should be seen as a leverage for reinvention. The decision-making, the purpose, and means to this reinvention are key. Decision-making. How are the learners themselves, from a young age, involved in the major decisions regarding their schooling? Purpose. Why do we go to school today? Means. How does schooling connect to the real world? Among the long-term effects of a rotting post-World War II design, the lack of innovation in contemporary mass schooling regarding embodied learning, at least in the West, comes partly from a virtual open fracture between mind, body and soul, from which the idea of dancing, out of its entertaining constraint, seems to activate fears such as self-confrontation, judgment, ridicule, failure. For an educator, it takes courage to move freely in front of pupils or students and overcome such fears, especially when one did not receive prior kinesthetic training, which is fairly comprehensible. Well, one might argue the digitization of schooling contributes for now to a paradigm in which bodily presence is less and less required. Nevertheless, on-site schooling is not close from fully disappearing since physical bond is in it to humans as we are reminded during the COVID struggle. This digitization shifts the role of educators to facilitators of internationalizing, globalizing, and project-based community rooms, no more classrooms, where knowledge is not theirs to constantly broadcast and where social-cultural understanding is fundamental to the community's life. When you learn the dance form in different cultures, you put yourself on the line physically. You have to be awkward and uncomfortable and have the chance happen internally. It's a more humble and intimate way of learning, says choreographer and scholar Cynthia Ling Lee. A great way on-site schooling can reinvent itself is by utilizing the exponential leverage of digital learning in combination with bodily intelligence. By improving the quality of the student's embodied learning experience, school becomes a digital space for bodily encouraged interaction whether it involves technology or not. A place where sociocultural understanding can be shared on such creative level that mental bond computing cannot replace. In fact, the paradigm of screens is not the most relevant regarding bodily health, mental health, and development of early childhood social cues. Although this flat, bright surface is the most used for learning nowadays in a globalizing visual society, the pace in which technology advances will end it to favor exo-based learning experiences once the technology will be affordable enough to a critical mass of people. XR meaning expanded reality, the compound field of augmented reality, virtual reality, and mixed reality. Despite all these changes, the body remains with its capacity to relearn the tools together with the mind. 
Balancing screen time for children is today a choice that could improve reading human emotions, develop motoric capabilities, reduce daily mental load by cutting off stimuli overload. The more time children spend in front of the screen, the less time they make eye contact. Without time for eye contact, they can't anymore read social codes, says childhood specialist researcher Noelle Janice Norton. Realistically enough, screens are the prototypes of XR experiences that build to knowledge what paper once was. We currently have a snippet of this evolution with the exponential use of various movement content platforms such as Fortnite, YouTube and TikTok, more used by the youth than Google and Facebook. They are already central to personal and mass e-learning as well as entertainment. This makes 10 challenges and embodied e-learning in general an increasingly popular form for learning. Applied to specific subjects, there is a fair probability it is a more natural and playful way for engaging in any learning process with others. It eventually multiplies the emergence of digital learning communities whose cultures are not bound to the physical spaces from which its members grew up in. Furthermore, as much as the modern world shows strong evidence that it has not been built for kinesthetic learners, the latter's relevance towards digitization is yet to be unraveled. The compound effect of kinesthetic and interpersonal intelligences proves to create a great approach to social-cultural understanding on levels that can shift the way we connect as humans when addressed by technology. Art and science seem to agree on such effect and still we fail at engaging in these paths as the way we educate and learn hasn't included enough of these intelligences. The leverage technology represents in building digitally learning communities is one of the major challenges for on-site schooling. Thank you for reading me. If you're still here, that means this episode has been of value to you in some way. I would sincerely appreciate if you leave a like, subscribe, and share it with people you think would benefit from this information. Is there any aspect in this episode you would like to know more about? Let me know in the comments. Until then, Take care and see you on the next move.